Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome in to the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I am Ben George. She is Bree Reyes. She is an investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services, serving the Metroplex, their office right there in Fort Worth. You can find them online as well, estesfinancial.net. Today, we're focused on the baby boomer generation. Uh, it's the one that's going into retirement every single day, millions of people. And there are a lot of challenges that this specific generation faces. Today, we're going to run through some of those challenges and, and concerns that this generation has and boomers have and that Bree's kind of heard about and, and dealt with and worked with uh, in her time at Financial or Estes Financial Services. So welcome in, Bree. Good to talk to you again. How's everything going? Awesome, Ben. I am so excited to be on the podcast with you today. Everything is going wonderfully. We are getting ready and in prep mode. This is recorded mid-October. So we're very much in Halloween prep mode mm -hmm. at my house. Um, my husband is threatening to build a candy cannon <laughs> to throw candy or shoot candy. I'm not real, not, not real sure. There was a trebuchet, I think, that he was talking about for a little bit. While. We're trying to figure out how to socially distance Halloween. Yeah. And how to do that for our son. Because we, first of all, our neighborhood it does not have a lot of small children. To the point of my husband's like, let's go buy a bag of candy and then give some to our neighbors to turn around and give it back to us when we <laughs> trick or treat. Because nobody really buys candy in our neighborhood. Yeah. And then the second part is, is like school is being weird this year. Nate Nate's in a daycare and has been since God. He was not that old. Um, and it's wonderful. And we love those people. And it's a great, great spot. But they usually have like a fall festival and we all wear our costumes or, and then they have a day at school. And so me being me and Nate being the, the space cadet that he is mm -hmm. and not in a bad way, not, not head in the clouds, but like <laughs> lover of all things celestial. I bought him an astronaut costume. Oh, awesome. Now he doesn't know about it. It's in the back of my closet. <laughs> and he doesn't listen to, I don't listen to the podcast when he's in the car, so he okay. shouldn't find out about this just yet. But, and now we have the best costume in the world and know where to wear it. So we're, we're trying to figure out Halloween on a pandemic. Is Nate really aware of Halloween? Is he excited about it? He's or? aware of candy. Okay. He's aware of there is a day and there is candy. And see, part of the problem is our building usually has a Halloween costume contest here. And I always let him trick or treat at the office because, well... I know everybody, I know most of the people in the building, A, and B, it's just, it's fun and everybody loves seeing him because we mm. when we moved in this office, I was pregnant when we signed the lease and then he was born when we moved in. So okay. he's been a baby here and everybody's kind of seen him and grown up and, and watched him grow up. So I normally let him trick or treat at the office, but because of the pandemic, we're not doing that this year. I don't know. Maybe I'll just bring him up here one day in an in a astronaut costume. <laughs> let, him, let him just walk around for a little while. Well, I know he'll be fired up when he sees that costume. He's going to love oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. If I'm ever able to get him to wear regular clothes again, I'm going to be really, really happy. Oh, and we also have a Captain, we have a Captain America costume, too, because my husband bought that. So That's we have two awesome. costumes. We have two costumes and no Halloween. And nowhere to go. Well, Nowhere to go, my poor child. That's a challenge we're all facing right now, unfortunately. Hopefully, uh, there's some solutions, but our baby is just a year old. So, you know, Halloween is not a huge deal to us yet. It'll be more no. so next year. 
No. And really what I'm thinking is I'm just going to go buy a couple of Nate's favorite candy bars and then the how maybe the great pumpkin will leave them for him. Yeah, right. Very similarly to the Easter Bunny situation. <laughs> Not 100% how this is going to work, but we'll figure it out. You'll make the best of it either way. Oh, yeah. And he'll oh, love yeah. it. He'll love it. He'll be wearing that astronaut costume the rest of the year. I'm sure. <laughs> Every day is Halloween. Oh, until he's 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't still fit him that long. Maybe he'll be a real astronaut costume. Who knows? Uh, let's get into our main topic today on, on baby boomers and some retirement concerns. You know, I'm sure that every generation when they get into retirement is going to face a different set of challenges that their, than their parents did or their grandparents faced. And so now let's focus on baby boomers because this is the generation now that's moving into retirement. And there's a lot of common challenges and fears and objectives of this generation that they're facing right now. So we're going to talk about those and some of the mistakes that boomers are often making and how they can be avoided as they move into retirement. So just before we even kind of jump into this, Bree, just some background. Do you work with a lot of baby boomers? Does this make up a, a pretty big portion of, of your clientele? Uh, we do. We work uh, with quite a few baby boomers. I'd say probably 70% of our clients are in the baby boomer demographic, maybe, maybe 60%. And it they have some unique challenges to their retirement versus generations before and generations after, I think. I think the, the subsequent generations are going to have maybe different challenges than the baby boomers are currently dealing with. So it's an adventure. Let's put it that way. Planning for retirement, no matter when you're going to retire, no matter what age, is an adventure. But I'm definitely seeing some things happen with baby boomers. And the pandemic has added some more. Oh, I can't imagine the added stress for a lot of uh, the people retiring now because, I mean, there's, I don't know what this stat is, but there's millions of baby boomers going into retirement, right, every year at this point? Exactly. Oh, yes, very much so. And then we've had people that were going to retire but decided not to this year because of the pandemic. So it's just been an interesting year to watch, an interesting year to see. Well, and really, one of the biggest things that I think baby boomers now have the challenge baby boomers have versus what their parents had. And it depends on what you do as a baby boomer. But a good chunk of baby boomers do not have a pension, do not have a defined benefit plan through work. Or even our baby boomer federal employees, because we have quite a few of those, those do have a pension through work. But the pension, the cost of living with the pension or the amount of pension they're going to receive doesn't keep up with inflation at all. And so it seems like the biggest challenge, in my opinion, in the baby boomer generation is they're kind of in charge of their own retirement. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's kind of a, I guess, a scary thought, too. Well, and as human beings, we're not the most disciplined humans. I mean, we're not the most disciplined anything, quite frankly, any animal, I guess. Human beings are just, we, we have willpower, but we also have distractions. And so when the big shift happened where defined benefit plans or pensions were canceled and everybody moved to 401ks, it put in the burden of preparing for retirement on the individual investor or the employee and took it off of the employer, which was great for the employers. But I don't think that they did enough to explain how much to educate the the employees back when the shift happened about how much risks they were taking on and how much responsibility the employee was, I don't know, being given. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really feel like they had a choice, but being forced upon them, I guess, is the better way to look at it. I mean, are you seeing, you know, saying that, are you seeing like a lot of people that have gotten to retirement with maybe less in their 401k than maybe they had hoped or expected to get to have when they got to this point? 
Well, yes. And it's because maybe they didn't put as much away. Um, for a while, companies stopped matching. If they do have a pension, like I said, we, we work with a lot of federal employees that do have a pension, but there's two different levels of federal employee retirees. And some one level has a much higher pension than the other level. And so maybe they thought, oh, the pension will cover it. And they didn't realize inflation and cost of living is that they didn't put enough away. There's, you know, and they've gone through a couple of different market cycles. I mean, there's a lot of different variables that come into play nowadays and that are coming into play into this, but none of it is is smooth sailing. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Um, what other maybe financial concerns do they have? I mean, is there maybe a result of, of maybe having a lack of, uh, of savings in their 401k that has led to additional fears or concerns with the retirement for the baby boomers? Is it going to be enough? Am I going to have to live with my kids or be dependent upon my kids? And I think most of our listeners know that Tim and I are, uh, Tim Estes, our CEO and founder um, and owner of Estes Financial Services. He is also my dad. And so I say this with all love, but dad knows that he doesn't want to move in with me when he retires. And I know I don't want dad living with me, you know, later on down the road. And so I think that's, I think that's scary. Boomers, I think they don't want to be dependent on their children and in the value of their investments. I mean, coronavirus's impact right before you retire and and everything that we've gone through this year. This is really really scary. I think the other thing baby boomers are seeing and maybe starting to understand is the expense of healthcare and out of pocket health premiums that need to be paid in retirement and how damaging that can be to their long term financial plan. I mean, for a long time, everybody just assumed that healthcare premiums were going to grow out inflation and the inflation rate, and they haven't been. And a lot of times, cost of living, and I'm talking about cost of living to pensions, I'm talking about cost of living to social security, it doesn't necessarily keep, it's not keeping up with inflation right now. It's not keeping up with how much the premiums of healthcare are rising. And, and so you're, you're going broke safely. I mean, there was a day, and it wasn't that long ago, where baby boomers could have more of their retirement in fixed income than equities and still be making an okay return. I'm not going to say it was fabulous, but still be earning some money. Nowadays, they're not doing that. Yeah, right now in 2022, I guess uh, there's like no safe, <laughs> seems like there's no safe investment to get a return on. You almost have to take on more risk. And that's got to be concerning if you're in retirement or, or about to be to know that you have just a little bit more on the line in order just to keep up. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. I mean, there's no way to ensure your retirement without taking on a little bit of risk. And scarily, that's terrifying. I mean, nobody wants that much. Uh, a lot of people are uncomfortable with a lot of risk in their retirement, understandably so, but they also don't need to see the numbers. And that's why I love doing financial plans is really looking at the numbers of how much Inflation is going to eat outweigh your spending power over the course of 20 years. Because if we're, you know, retirements nowadays can last 20, 25, 30 years longer. Mm -hmm. And so, really seeing how bad inflation damages your spending power over the course of that 30 years is eye opening to most people. It really, really is. And then there's the other thing that we talk about here all the time, and it's taxes. <laughs> I mean, I sound like I feel like I'm a broken record when I'm talking about taxes, Ben. But I mean, the point of the matter is, is that it's not something you can control. It's not something I can control. I mean, the only way I can control how I feel about taxes is with my vote. And you know, that's we're we're in a 
I'm not getting into politics because we're in an election year and I don't like talking politics anyway. You'd think a political science major, I'd feel more comfortable <laughs> talking politics. But I really, really, if all I've learned from that is it just angers somebody. Yeah. So I worry about taxes. I worry about taxes quite a bit in this country. I worry about taxes for me. I worry about taxes for my retiree clients. I worry about taxes for my kid. You know, tax rates have historically been much higher than they are currently. Do I think they're going to have to go up? Yes. I'm sure I'm going to see it in my lifetime. The reason being, we're under so much debt as a country. And we talk about this, you know, repeatedly. This is the reason we've put together our ticking tax time bomb toolkit that we offer, our tax toolkit we offer on the show is because of my fear of inflation and taxes. Yeah. We'll tell you how to get that in just a second. I got one other thought on this baby boomers um, or one other question for you. In terms of the mistakes, I mean, we kind of touched on maybe they, there might be a couple of regrets, you know, and we all kind of have it. Oh, I wish I would have saved more at some point. But what are some of the other mistakes that, that you maybe have seen baby boomers making with their retirement planning? Taking money out of their retirement plan to fund something that they could have gotten a loan for elsewhere. Hands down, always my favorite, always um, something that gives me pause. Okay. For example, I took money out of my, and I'm, I, this is this is an example. This is not anybody that I've talked to lately, but I've heard this before. I took money out of my employer retirement plan, my my TSP or my 401k. I took a loan against that to pay for my daughter's college, her son's college, whatever. The problem with doing that is you have impacted your retirement and there's not, you can't go get a, you can get a loan for college. I mean, your children could get loans and yes, student loans can be, you know, are argued about how expensive they are and whether or not they're good and student debt and that type of thing. But it's something you can get a loan for. Problem is when you reach retirement and you have no income coming in and you just have your investments or you might have your pension, but you've also, the big chunk of your assets are probably your house and in your investments. The bank doesn't give loans for retirement. Now, they don't look at you and say, yeah, okay, you should have saved more, so we'll give you $1,000 a month. It doesn't work that way. And you can do reverse mortgages on your house, and there's some, some things that can be done, but you end up losing that asset. And so if there's another way to get the money that you need to pay for a big expense like that, look at that first. Don't rob from yourself. Don't rob from your future. And that's really, really hard for for parents to hear it because a lot of times it is for their child's education or something like that. And it's, that's really, really hard for people to hear. But it's, an, it's important. I mean, your kids will have time to pay back those loans. You don't have the time. Have you had a lot of clients that have had to face that kind of decision? Like, do I help pay for my child's education or do I make them go into you know, significant debt this early in life? Yeah. I mean, we deal with this question a lot. And yeah. it's sad that it's you know, it's something else that I look at when I'm looking at college planning. Um, I pulled up for one of my clients earlier what we thought their cost of college was going to be, and they have a four-year-old. So, you know, I'm I'm inflating the cost of college at four percent right now. Well, it's that's low. It's been eight. It's been seven. I mean, it's it that number moves around. It's pulled back as of recently, so that's kind of a nice way to look at it. But you've got to know that it it's avail it's it's out there, but those loans are out there too. And your child has the opportunity to make the money and pay the loans back over a much longer time horizon than you have to pay yourself back before you get ready to retire. Right. Well, it's just one of the many challenges that are facing the baby boomers right now. And look, if you want help, if you want to get some help, and especially in the tax arena, I mean, that's 
you know, we, Bree mentioned it, it, you know, we talk about it quite often, but it's because it is such a, an important part of the planning process and one that many people overlook. So that's why on this show for the podcast, we, we offer listeners the opportunity to reach out to Bree. SSFinancial.net is the website. You can request the Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit. And what all will this help them with, Bree? What I love about the Ticking Time Bomb Toolkit is it that actually there's a really great book in there we've co-wrote with a dear friend of ours that goes through all the issues of, do you have a tax time bomb? Because a lot of people don't know if they do. And what I mean by a tax time bomb is, do you have a large amount of money that has never been taxed and will be taxed in your retirement? There you go. That's typically what I'm talking about with the ticking tax time bomb. So you get this book, the Financial Flight Plan book, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement. A lot of fun in there. There's a CD, a couple of reports. These five risks could destroy your retirement. And we also have a tax special report. And so the the entire kit has a value of uh, $97, but we send it to listeners of the podcast for free because it's something I want people to focus on. It's something that I think people need to start thinking about. Uh, Taxes and inflation and the rising costs of healthcare are just so, so important when it comes to thinking about your retirement. And so that's that's why we put that together. Very helpful. And again, you can reach out to Bree via the website, estesfinancial.net to request that t- ticking tax time bomb toolkit. It is a tongue twister, but it is very valuable and very helpful, very resourceful. So make sure you request that and, and start making plans for this, for that time bomb that's coming your way potentially in retirement. And that's something that Bree works with clients on all the time in order to, to tax plan. We always you know, think about taxes year by year, but thinking long-term is so important. Let's go now to a little getting to know Bree. We ask her a question outside of financial planning to see what uh, what her answer might be. And today, we're going to make you kind of own this one, Bree, a little bit. This is a you know one we usually point the fingers at other people sometimes or just talk about things outside of us. But what's the most immature thing that you do? <laughs> Hope you don't mind me asking you this. Oh, no, I don't mind you asking me this at all. I've always told you, you can ask me whatever you want. Okay, you know my mom is the number one listener of this podcast. So I know no matter what I say, she's going to have her own thought on this one. She's my my number one listener, and I love her for that. I would say, in my own defense, the most immature thing that I do is stick my tongue out. Specifically, stick my tongue out, and it can I can touch my tongue to the the tip of my nose and make a face. <laughs> and I typically do that when I am very, very frustrated. <laughs> Or to make my kid laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I do. It's my it's my party trick. The, the old um, tongue to the nose. I can. I can touch my tongue to my nose. But it's a, it's a sign though. You can, so if you, if you do that, somebody knows kind of what you're thinking typically. Somebody knows yeah, somebody well. knows I'm either frustrated or I'm trying to make somebody laugh or I'm just done. I'm just, <laughs> just done with the day. Yeah. <laughs> the tongue comes out. You better watch it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. I am my tongue. Yep. Sticking my tongue out gets me in more trouble. <laughs> does uh, does Nate ever do it back to you? He can't. Um, he didn't inherit that. That's actually an inheritable trait. Is I it found really? out. <laughs> yeah, my mom can technically do it too. So um, interesting. <laughs> anybody that knows Julie, that's listening to the podcast, ask her. She can do it as well. Uh, Nate can twirl his tongue, but he can't stick it out and touch his nose. He tries all the time. Interesting. Inheritable trait. Never knew that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's close out the show with the mailbag question. Today comes in from Red. And again, you can send them in to us, ssfinancial.net. There's 
ways to connect. You can just see right there, contact button is on the website, but you can also connect via Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Either way, you want to send the question in, it'll get to us and we'll bring it to the podcast if you'd like. And our question from Red is, I, I never worried too much about the market when I was working, but now that I'm retired, my stomach is in knots every time the Dow has a bad day. Should I just move everything to cash so that I don't have to worry so much? Ooh, Red. I'm so sorry to hear that. What I would recommend doing is not necessarily moving everything to cash because I think that's kind of a problem as far as keeping up with inflation. And, you know, I, and I don't know how much you have. So that's, there's a whole question there of how much is it and is it enough in the first place? What would happen if you moved everything to cash? My bigger question would be, what are you invested in? Are you nothing, are you in nothing but the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Are you in a diversified portfolio? How, how are you invested? Now, if you are just in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, then I would I'd strongly suggest maybe not moving everything to cash, but a certain percentage into cash. And then let's look at something besides the 30 large companies listed on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's such a small measure of the overall of the overall economy. It's not very representation representative of the of what I call of what I think of as the market or the U.S. market. It's thirty stocks. I don't like how it's weighted, and so it's one of those situations where I I feel like a diversified portfolio would probably let you get a little bit more sleep at night and keep your stomach out of knots, but also let you participate in the gains in the market because in fixed income or cash, you're not going to make, make enough money to keep up with inflation, Red. And I'm worried for the long-term future of your retirement if you did something like that. Um, so it's, it's a balance. It's a weight. And so I think you need to go talk to somebody. Um, when people work with our firm, one of the first things we do is we take them through a risk questionnaire, risk profile questionnaire. It's a quiz. Um, but I hate to use the word quiz because some people have, like me, have text, test anxiety. So if you tell me I'm going to take a quiz, I freak out. But point being is that what it does is it's a tool is really what it is. And it helps me understand our potential, our client or our potential client's risk tolerance better. And then we can build or model a portfolio to meet their risk tolerance and time horizon versus trying to adjust them to our risk tolerance. Because that's a subjective thing. Everybody's a little different. And so I, I think you need to go talk to a professional. Good advice. Good advice in red. You know, it's always easier when you talk to someone and you can kind of ease your mind and make sure your investments and your, your plan is in place so you feel comfortable and confident and not worrying every day. You definitely don't want to have that feeling in retirement. That's not how you want to live it. So uh, you can always contact Bree. Again, Bree is at uh, SS Financial and you can find her online at ssfinancial.net. But you can also call her directly, Red, 817-444-8402. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I know the baby boomer generation, um, bless them as they enter retirement, a lot of challenges that they're going to face. And I kind of wonder too, Bree, down the road, like with Social Security and pensions almost all be disappearing, the next set of challenges that are going to be coming for this next generation. But for now, focus is on baby boomers. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're already starting to, I'm already adjusting my plans for for Gen X and Gen Y and younger generations, because I think it's going to be, I think every generation coming forward is going to have a different, well, every generation has had different challenges in retirement. And that's just something we have to be aware of and be prepared for. And I think that's probably the fault in our industry is we always kind of try to apply the same rules to every group of people. And that's not how it works. Absolutely. But those of you listening, go out and lead an abundant life. And thank you for being part of the show.